Hey guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Locked On SEC Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Blake Lovell, and uh, let's jump right in. The Tuesday night's action in SEC basketball, it was one that was not necessarily too kind to a couple of bubble teams. We'll get to them here in just a second, but let's start with Kentucky and Vanderbilt. The Wildcats get a 78-64 win in Nashville, and the game sort of played out very similar to the one they played a couple weeks ago in that the Wildcats trailed by double digits, and yet they found a way to come back and win. Um, you know, we may have mentioned it on commentary, that that was a game where you started to see Vanderbilt seemingly you know, pick up some confidence, pick up some momentum, even though they lost, and that ultimately turned into a win, you know, against LSU and broke the streak and all that. Um, this felt like another one where, look, the, the Commodores came out, did what worked for them in that game against Kentucky, and they just kept going to it. And, you know, we, we look at this game, uh, Kentucky is a deeper team. Kentucky has a team uh, that has probably more playmakers from top to bottom than Vanderbilt does right now. And so you felt like Kentucky was going to make its move at some point, and that's what happened. And you go up and down the line, you know, you look at the scoring. Kentucky had a nice balance, but yet, you know, Tyrese Maxey had 25 points. Uh, Ashton Hagens was, was two assists away from a triple-double. Uh, Emmanuel quickly continues to, to score it very well. Uh, and then you've got Nick Richards, the potential SEC player of the year, uh, who also played pretty well. And that's what you want to see if you're a Kentucky fan. You want to see this team uh, where, you know, you have your, your big four players be able to play well off of each other on any given night and we're starting to see that and you know as I said on Twitter it's not a surprise to see a John Calipari coach team in Kentucky starting to seemingly figure some things out here in February and and that's what they're doing Uh, they're they're figuring some things out they're finding different ways to win and now at 19 and 5 9 and 2 in the SEC still firmly in the SEC title race, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they continue to move forward here playing like this and figuring out ways to win. I know they lost that game at Auburn recently, but, um, you know, aside from that, that they're figuring some things out and some pretty important things that are going to help them have a chance uh, to potentially make a run, you know, not just to uh, an SEC regular season title, but also to a Final Four. And can that team get there? Uh, that's what we're going to find out uh, with the Cats. But uh, I like the way Vanderbilt's playing right now. I said it earlier, but I think the Commodores, they're just playing a lot more confident. And I know they didn't win this game. But this is a team that's probably going to wind up potentially being uh, a spoiler here moving forward in terms of maybe playing some teams down the stretch that really need wins to, to get to the NCAA tournament. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Commodores uh, have a chance to, to spoil the party uh, there for a couple teams. But speaking of uh, spoiling the party, uh, Ole Miss did that against Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State entered this game uh, as the third team out in Joe Lenardi's uh, you know, NCAA tournament bracketology, his most recent one. And Mississippi State went to the halftime, feeling pretty good, you know, moving right along, up a point, and, and then they got outscored 50-24 to 24 in the second half, and uh, one man had a lot to do with that, and that is Brian Tyree, who went for 40 points, uh, career high, obviously. Uh, he had 27 in the second half, and, you know, Brian Tyree is someone, we've said it for the past couple seasons, I mean, he's just, he felt like he was sort of an undervalued player, um, you know, really since he's been there. And you've talked, you know, you look at the way he's scored. I mean, he's just, his scoring ability is just off the charts. And, and we saw that in a game like this. He can take over a game 
pretty much any time he wants to. And I think this is one where, you know, certainly you're disappointed if you're Mississippi State. It's a rivalry game. Uh, you don't want to get blown out by 25 after leading by one at the half. Uh, that's just not how you want it to unfold. And knowing, you know, that you're playing for an NCAA tournament bid and you really can't afford to lose a game like this. I mean, you look at it from from a ranking standpoint, you look at all the numbers. Yes, this knocks this knocks Mississippi State out of the NCAA tournament conversation for right now. They still have opportunities because I do think they have a really good schedule the rest of the way. But then again, you would have looked at a game like this and said, well, you know, this is an Ole Miss team that struggled a little bit. Uh, Mississippi State playing pretty well. They should go win a road game like this. Well, it didn't happen. And so uh, now Mississippi State's in a situation where it can't afford, you know, losses like this, especially one, you know, in this manner uh, to where you're feeling good about yourself after the first 20 minutes and then to completely uh, have this happen in the second half. Not ideal, but then again, there aren't many players like Brian Tyree out there uh, who can just completely dominate a game, and that's what he did. Um, so, I, you know, I mentioned Vanderbilt as potentially being a spoiler type of team here moving forward. Ole Miss could, could be in that same sort of conversation because they're going to have some opportunities against some of these teams uh, near the top and some of the teams that will be playing for an NCAA tournament bid. And, and they're, I'm telling you, the Rebels are not a team uh, that you're going to want to see on your schedule probably the rest of the way, just knowing what Bree and Tyree can do at any given moment in a game uh, and the way he takes it over. So Ole Miss, a, key, a team to sort of keep an eye on in terms of uh, can they you know, knock some other teams out of the tournament and maybe can they make their own run uh, once they get to Nashville uh, for, the, for the SEC tournament. So they're going to be interesting to watch here. Moving forward, uh, another team, as we said with Mississippi State, uh, they sort of got knocked off the bubble. Arkansas uh, may be in a similar situation. The Hogs entered the game uh, as a number 10 seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracket, and they go lose at Tennessee. Um, and so now you look at Arkansas and wonder where are they in the NCAA tournament picture. And we're going to get to that here in just a bit uh, when we look at sort of the entire landscape for the SEC when it comes to the NCAA tournament right now. But Arkansas is now 4-7 and seven in the conference. And to lose this game 82-61, to 61, a 21-point loss on the road, their third straight loss after those back-to-back overtime losses to Auburn and Missouri, now the Hogs are, are in a spot where now they're fighting to try to stay in the NCAA tournament conversation and quite frankly, it doesn't get a whole lot easier. They get Mississippi State up next, and you want to talk about a game with a lot on the line. Um, that game is in Fayetteville, and both of those teams, as we're mentioning here, desperately need to get a win there. Um, so that's going to be a huge game for Arkansas. Then they have to go to Florida next Tuesday. There's another team, and we'll talk about them in a bit as well, uh, that needs a win. And so Arkansas, you know, without Isaiah Joe, um, you know, Mason Jones going one of 10 on the floor. You're just not going to win many games doing that. And that's what we saw here. Uh, Tennessee is a team that they don't pack the same type of punch they did a season ago. Uh, this is still a capable team. And Santiago Viscovi coming along, uh, he's helped that. And I think, you know, Tennessee is just not going to be a team that's easy to play. Um, and I'll tell you, I, I don't think Tennessee is entirely out of the NCAA tournament conversation. We'll get to that here in a bit. But I think you look at their numbers, you know, from a number standpoint, they have a really tough schedule the rest of the way, and they're going to play a lot of teams that give them the opportunity to boost, you know, their NCAA tournament profile. Uh, I know they're sitting here, you know, at 14 and 10 right now. Um, they're a team that is at 62 
in the net. So they're not that far out of the equation. They just need to find quality wins. And the good news, like I said, is that they're going to get the opportunities to do that because uh, those last five games, they're at Auburn, at Arkansas, at home against Florida, at Kentucky, at home against Auburn. So they get a lot of opportunities. And so I would not completely just put Tennessee in the back of my mind right now and say, well, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament because it's very possible that they could based on how some of these uh, unfold here down the stretch. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the Vols and certainly have to keep an eye on the Razorbacks because uh, they're a team that, like we're saying, uh, they've got to to get some things figured out uh, if they want to make the tournament. And finally, uh, the nightcap was LSU rallying against Missouri. Missouri played really well, um, really for the majority of the game, to be honest with you. Um, I thought that they, they were going to win the game. But once again, we see LSU sort of make its move in a close game and you know that sort of went against them uh, in the past couple games against Vanderbilt and Auburn but they finally figured it out here and were able to rally and win yet another close game this season um, it's an impressive comeback for LSU and I mean Skylar Mays is just terrific I don't know what else you say at this point uh, just a terrific basketball player and for LSU it's pretty obvious that they just need more consistent defense and that's something where you know they scored 90 points in back-to-back games against Vanderbilt and Auburn, and they lost both games. Defense had a lot to do with that, and they just haven't been a great, great defensive team all season long. You heard them mention on the broadcast, you know, the loss of someone like Charles Manning, uh, not having him on the court, uh, you know, him being sidelined, that hasn't helped, and and they've just got to have that consistency on defense. If they do, you know, they can be a second weekend NCAA tournament type of team because we're seeing them sort of round into form in terms of, of not just having guys like Skylar Mays, but you're having Emmett Williams and, and you know Darius Days, all these other guys that, that can make big contributions. And I think for Will Wade, he just wants to see that defense. And if they can get that defense going, uh, they're going to be fine, I think. And Missouri, you know, people brought up this up as well. You know, playing without Mark Smith and Jeremiah Tillman, uh, it's not easy to go play that well at LSU uh, without those two guys. And, you know, Mark Smith hasn't played in several games. Tillman's been out. Um, so it's a different conversation maybe with Missouri if we're talking about having those guys at full strength on the court uh, in some of these recent games. And so, uh, you know, you can play the what-if game and all that. And I know Missouri fans aren't happy with where they are right now from a standings perspective, uh, but they did play well, and they're a team that still you feel like if they can put it together with Drew Smith playing well, uh, they can win some games here the rest of the way. Uh, it's just going to take a lot to sort of uh, have an opportunity to, to really rise up the standings and be a team that could you know, win multiple games in the SEC tournament and potentially uh, make things interesting uh, there. So uh, fun night of action, and like I said, uh, bubble teams are the theme right now and not doing so well. Uh, in terms of trying to to sort of secure their spot in the NCAA tournament. We'll get to that in a bit, Bo. But coming up, uh, Alabama heads to Auburn, Florida, facing a must-win against Texas A&M. South Carolina flying under the radar yet again as it prepares for a trip to Athens to play Georgia. Game previews and, yes, folks, the game picks are back uh, here in audio form. Uh, we're going to do that next here as we look at Wednesday night's action right here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we jump into Wednesday night's games. Uh, South Carolina at Georgia. We start there. And this is one, like I said uh, before the break, uh, I mean, South Carolina, look, they're 6-4 and four in the SEC. And I know maybe they're not a team, and we've said this for years now, though. They're not a team that people just are going to look at and feel like, okay, 
I'm completely buying South Carolina. I'm I'm all in on them. I you know I feel confident about them making a run, potentially being a top four SEC team. Uh, it's just hard to do that, and I get it because they they have been an inconsistent team. And but right now they're once again in a position to get a buy in the SEC tournament. The problem is, and they've had this problem in recent years. They don't have a ton of signature wins, and they have the bad non-conference losses that are not helping their case. They had the loss to Boston University and Stetson in non-conference play, and so those two losses are sort of the things that are canceling out the good that they're doing uh, because they need more quality wins, and and that's what we're going to see from South Carolina here moving forward is how are they able to pick up some of these quality wins, and, and can that get them in the NCAA tournament conversation, and we will bring them up uh, as well in our final segment as we look at the NCAA tournament picture for the SEC. Uh, meanwhile, Georgia fans, I know they're frustrated because uh, they're looking at, at the potential and you know likelihood of not making the NCAA tournament in the one season they're going to have Anthony Edwards, and I get it. I mean, it's, it's something where you feel like when you get a player like that coming in, uh, the NCAA tournament is the goal, no matter what's around him. Uh, but I think that's also part of the problem, though, is that you have to look at it and realize that as good as he is, um, you know, he can't do it all. And yes, there have been other guys that, that have stepped up around him, and that's not to take anything away from everyone else. But when you look at it as a whole, Georgia's problems are sort of very similar to what they were a season ago, even with Edwards on the floor. This is still not a great three-point shooting team. Uh, it's not a team that that necessarily is always consistent in terms of taking care of the ball um but it's still a team that's that's capable of winning games and you know we remember that wild game we'll get to alabama in a second but you know the 105 102 game they just played against alabama i mean georgia can put up points um and i think it's one where we're going to look at a game like this where both teams like to get up and down the court uh, they're both in the top 45 uh, an average offensive possession length in the country and i'm not sure why we always forget that south carolina plays so fast under frank martin and he said that before the season is you know he's kind of known as the defensive guy but they like to get up and down the court and so this is going to be a game where you have both teams, you know, lots of possessions, uh, probably both of these teams really trying to, to push the pace. You're not going to really see either one of them, I would think, try to slow things down because that's just not what they do. Uh, however, both can't really shoot the three, and so it's going to be an attacking style of game, and that's where, you know, foul problems and all that come into the, to play here because, um, you know, I think depth's the thing, and I think South Carolina's a deeper team. Um, and and knowing you know how well South Carolina's played, they got that win at Arkansas not too long ago. Um, they, you know they didn't play well against Ole Miss on the road, but I just there's something about this South Carolina team that I think again flying under the radar. It's just something that they do seemingly under Frank Martin, and this is an opportunity to get a another good win. Um, it's not one that's going to necessarily push them to to NCAA tournament conversation just yet, but. It's one they also can't afford to lose if they want to to finally get to that conversation. So my pick for this one, I'm going to go South Carolina 80, Georgia 77. Uh, and just quickly, please know that I do this for fun. Anyone who's followed my my SEC basketball predictions picks I've done over the years, uh, you know I do this for fun. I'm not telling you to go out and spend all your money to bet it all on South Carolina. Trust me, don't do that. Bad idea in the SEC this year. You don't want to do it. Stay away from it. Uh, because the SEC is wild and crazy, and, and you don't want to lose all your money uh, betting on a road team specifically, because I just think that it's, uh, as we're seeing, uh, it's hard to do. Just ask some of the teams uh, on Tuesday night uh, what they thought about that. So uh, next up, uh, we move to the big rivalry game uh, of the evening. That is Alabama at Auburn. 
Alabama won the previous game by 19 in Tuscaloosa. In that game, here's what stood out. Uh, Auburn, you know, just didn't play well, but Alabama played really well, and that was not, you know, sort of the double whammy there for the Tigers. Tigers, uh, Auburn had 21 turnovers. They shot only 25% from three-point range. They shot 57% from the free throw line. I think they took 30 attempts in that one too, so not great there. Um, but it's also worth noting, and, and here's the thing I think could be a big key in this game. Herbert Jones, who is out with an injury for the tie, he had a double-double. He had 14 points and 12 rebounds in that game. Uh, John Petty and Jaden Shackleford, I think, were the, were the next leading rebounds at 7-6, and six, respectively, in that one. And you have to think about not having someone like Herbert Jones on the floor here. And we saw Alabama pull out that game against Georgia, you know, not having him on the floor. But they're, they're a different team without him. And I think that's clear to, to anyone. And I think that's going to be something here Knowing how the last game played out, knowing that Auburn is, you know, in the driver's seat in the SEC regular season title race, and knowing that this is a rivalry game at Auburn Arena, which has become one of the most uh, electric atmospheres in all of college basketball, I just don't think this is a great setup uh, for Alabama. And I know Alabama fans probably would tell you the same thing. Uh, you know, we, we have our, our jokes and fun on Twitter uh, with Alabama and Auburn fans, and it's it's always fun to go back and forth with them. Um, but I, I know they're not looking forward to this game because, you know, going to Auburn Arena, knowing, again, kind of what's on the, on the line for, for Auburn and knowing that Alabama, you know, the injury situation has just hit them uh, not having Herbert Jones, I just don't think it's a great setup. Um, one thing that could go in Alabama's favor here, they're in the top 25 nationally in three-point field goal percentage defense. So Auburn making another 18 three-pointers uh, like they did in the game against LSU, it seems unlikely. Um, but, you know, weirder things happen, I guess, uh, in rivalry games. But I would expect to see a lot of points on the board here. Uh, again, knowing kind of what what's at stake and just feeling like, this is a game where it just, you know, I know Alabama got a little bit of that confidence boost getting, you know, that three-game losing streak out of their heads when they got the win at Georgia. Just to be able to pull that one out was big. Uh, but Auburn just just has the momentum right now with that win against LSU and what was the wildest college basketball game I've seen this season. Uh, the Tigers just, you know, they don't quit. That They just seemingly refuse to lose in situations like that and I just feel like they're going to come out uh, red hot here and have a chance uh, to pick up another uh, victory so uh, my prediction for this one I'm going to go Auburn 95 Alabama 84 Uh, I'm sure I'll hear about that one from uh, my friends on both both sides of the coin there uh, on Twitter after they listen to this Uh, all right we wrap up with Florida at Texas A&M this is a must win for the Gators there's no other way to put it Florida has to win this game uh, if they want to be considered an NCAA tournament team going into Thursday, uh, because you know they entered as a number eleven seed, they were one of the. I don't think they were in the last four in in Lenardi's bracket, but they were pretty close. I want to say that maybe they were the fifth or sixth team, uh, you know, from from the last. So so they're not that far off from being uh, eliminated uh, right now and not uh, being in the projected tournament field and losing to a team. That ranks, uh, I think the Texas A&M uh, was 136 in the net. Uh, losing that game will knock you out. There, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, there are more games to be played, and Florida will have opportunities to be able to make up for it. But, uh, you know, they still have several games against Kentucky, LSU. So the Gators will have quality win opportunities, but they just 
they can't lose this game. After losing the way they did uh, at Ole Miss, uh, they just they can't afford to lose this game. And it's, it's really as simple as that. Uh, and the problem is that, you know, Texas A&M, they haven't been very good on offense this year. You look at the numbers, they speak for themselves. But they are a team that's very stingy on defense, and they're going to play tough. They're going to be aggressive. Uh, it's not easy to score against Texas A&M, and you can ask some of the teams they played in SEC play uh, that it's just not. It's not easy to attack them and find easy buckets, and that's what the Gators are going to need to do here is they have to find a way to do that um, because they, you know, A&M just doesn't allow anything easy. And it's, it's interesting to think about here, but if Texas A&M wins this game, we're talking about Texas A&M in that conversation, uh, you know, right now, as of now, in terms of the standings, to where they could be a potential, you know, first-round bye team in the SEC tournament. I mean, they could potentially get up to fourth. Uh, if you sort of look at maybe some of the remaining schedules, you see how the things are going to play out. Uh, obviously, you feel like teams like Mississippi State, uh, even Florida maybe, uh, South Carolina, we mentioned them, if they're able to make their move, uh, could could be in better shape. But, I mean, Texas A&M would be, you know, in a spot to where if they win this game – um, they are right there, and they would, you know, have the same record in terms of looking at a team like this that could potentially be right there with Florida. I mean, they'd both be six and five in the SEC, and you know, Texas A&M would sort of join that group where Mississippi State six and five, Tennessee six and five. You know, if South Carolina loses to Georgia, South Carolina's at six and five. So it would be very interesting to even think that the Aggies could be in that conversation, especially after the way they started the season. Uh, but it's very possible uh, if they're able to win this game. However, I'm going to go the opposite way, and I'm going to say, knowing that this is going to be a slugfest, I think it's going to be the opposite of Alabama-Auburn. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Uh, these two are going to duke it out, and it's probably going to be a defensive type of game. I'm going to go with, with my prediction. I'm going to go Florida 62, Texas A&M 55. I'm not confident about that. I just don't trust Florida right now. Uh, I would not be surprised to see the Aggies win this game. Uh, but this is one that every game now is important for Florida, but this is very, very important. The Gators have to win it uh, if they do not want to be you know, considered out of the tournament uh, here after this game. So coming up here, as uh, I teased a little bit earlier, uh, how many teams from the, from the SEC are going to make the NCAA tournament? We don't know the answer to that just yet, but if you start to look at, at sort of how things are playing out, uh, it's not necessarily looking great for the SEC. On the flip side of that, the number could increase uh, pretty significantly, and we'll uh, we'll look at that and sort of break down how the NCAA tournament picture looks right now for the SEC. Coming up right here on the Locked On SEC Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you know you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. Uh, you may not know, though, that Locked On SEC is a great way for your local business to reach passionate SEC fans just like you. Uh, unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners but not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. So if your company wants to connect with SEC fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. Uh, we'll get our team to, to help you, your team uh, achieve your Locked On advertising success. Once again, uh, just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash advertising and we look forward to hearing from you.
All right, we wrap up today's show with a look at uh, the NCAA tournament picture. And I said this on Twitter, and it got, you know, different reactions, I think, from different people in terms of, of where they think, you know, things were to stand right now in the NCAA tournament conversation in the SEC. We brought it up a little bit earlier, looking at, at these several different teams uh, that, you know, could potentially either make their way into the tournament or play their way out of the tournament. Right now, here's what we do know. Um, and this wasn't the case last year, but, you know, this is not exactly uncharted territory for the SEC. We remember back several years ago when the SEC only got three teams into the tournament, um, and it was, uh, you know, kind of that transition period in terms of the leagues, uh, up and down, nature, and uh, just wasn't necessarily in a spot where, you know, it consistently to where they were getting, you know, five, six, seven bids in the tournament. And so what we, we went into this year sort of saying this, I thought the SEC was going to take a step back this year in terms of the strength at the top. I didn't think the teams one through five were going to be as strong this year as the teams were last year one through five, um, and we've sort of seen that play out uh, in that in that manner. You know, we even the teams at the top. You know, we we've seen some inconsistencies from them. Although I still look at it, I mean Auburn's record is what it is. They've only lost two games this season. I think you have to look at that and and be really impressed with it. And I know everyone kept sort of bringing up schedules and all that earlier, but at this point, uh, Auburn's a a legitimate. I mean they're a top ten team. Um, they're a team that you know is is very very strong. And coming from the team that made the Final Four last year, uh, it's just been it's been impressive to to see how they've been able to carry that momentum over. But you know aside from Auburn, LSU and Kentucky. Those three teams right now, barring, you know, just a a collapse of epic proportions, those three teams are going to get into the NCAA tournament. The problem for the SEC is that beyond that, there are no other locks. Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi State, the three teams that were in, you know, Joe Lenardi's range in terms of looking ahead, projecting an NCAA tournament field, all three of those teams are in spots where they could all three potentially lose this week uh, in terms of their first game uh, of this week. We've already seen Arkansas and Mississippi State lose. Now, we could see Florida lose to Texas A&M, and then again, you're going 0-3 there on teams from an SEC standpoint that really need to win if the league wants to you know, have more than three or four bids in the tournament and I someone asked me yesterday you know uh, what what team could make that push I think Mississippi State's still the team that could make the best push to to maybe get up to that number four bid uh in the league and I'm not saying you know other teams won't join them but it is because of the schedule but then again now that we see how Mississippi State goes and gets blown out by 25 on the road at Ole Miss uh, can you trust Mississippi State to do that, even knowing that their schedule maybe looks a little bit more lenient than others? Uh, clearly, though, it's the SEC, and you can lose any game. Uh, you can potentially win any game. Uh, so I don't know that, that that's going to exactly work out great for Mississippi State now. And so it's really all about the numbers, and and that's where we look at it from this standpoint in that, you know, can the SEC get six still? I, I think that's something where – you know, if we looked at it, because Arkansas, Florida, and Mississippi State were all in the conversation entering, you know, Tuesday's games, uh, yes, it's still possible for the SEC to get up to that sixth spot, I think. I mean, it's very possible. But but then again, on the other end of the spectrum, it is also very possible at this point that the SEC could potentially only get three teams into the field because, you know, you could see a scenario play out to where Arkansas, Florida, Mississippi State – uh, could all be sort of disappointing down the stretch. Um, so, you know, those are those are the three teams right now that you're going to have your eye on if you're looking at it and saying, okay, the SEC needs to get more teams in. Uh, how are they going to do it 
it's going to start with those three teams. Uh, because if you just look at the the sort of the, the net rankings and all that, um, it's a it's a scenario where right now uh, hits. We're going to talk about this in a second. Arkansas is at forty three, Florida is at forty four, and Mississippi State is at forty eight. So they're all still in a a good enough range to where they can they can make their you know make their tournament resume look better just by finding a way to avoid some of these bad losses the rest of the way and picking up some quality wins. Now, if they do that, remains to be seen. Uh, but from a numbers standpoint, they're at least still okay to where, hey, maybe the SEC could get six bids in. I don't think that's going to happen, but it is still a possibility. Now, on the flip side of that, there are three other teams that I think we have to keep an eye on here. Uh, and I'm not saying this is going to somehow wind up with the SEC getting nine teams in. Please don't take that the wrong way. I'm saying that these three teams could not only you know play roles in terms of knocking some of those others out that we just talked about, but their resumes are not to, right now to that point to where you just completely write them off. And that is Alabama, Tennessee, and South Carolina. Alabama in the net is currently the fourth best team in the net. They are 40th. Uh, so they are, they have now moved up to number 40 in the net. Now they're 13 and 10 overall. And, you know, we, I always say sometimes you can't just look at the overall record and judge an NCAA tournament resume by that. You have to look deeper into the numbers and knowing that Alabama's two biggest games of the season are going to be next. They're going to play at Auburn on Wednesday. They've got LSU on Saturday. If Alabama were to go two and zero in those, uh, then we're we're the conversation is really heating up in terms of Alabama getting to the NCAA tournament. Uh, then at that point, you know it's about beating the teams you should beat the rest of the way. Uh, because other than that, their only other game against a projected NCAA tournament team at this point is going to be at Mississippi State on February 25th. They do still have a game against South Carolina, which could be important for both teams as well. That's later. That's on February 29th actually. So those games are back to back. But Alabama is a team to keep an eye on if they're able to p- pick up a couple of these wins that they need to. You know, if they go two and zero, then as we're saying, it's going to be very difficult to do. But if they do, uh, then that's when we really start to say, okay, now the tide are starting to enter the mix again and be a factor in this NCAA tournament race. Um, you know, South Carolina. Let's look at them for a second because the the Gamecocks, as I said. Uh, they their record is good in SEC play, but they're going to need to to sort of pick it up a bit in terms of quality wins, and that's where being at 75 in the net, having those non-conference losses, I think South Carolina's won, and, and they've been in the spot before. They could go into the SEC tournament really needing to to not only win multiple games, uh, but you know they they need to beat quality teams. So they need to find a way to play some of the better teams. You know, depending on what their seed is and all that, uh, because they just need wins to uh, good wins more than anything. I mean, that's that's what's going to come down to for South Carolina. Uh, and then with Tennessee, like I said, knowing Tennessee's schedule. Tennessee has a lot of opportunities for quality wins, and that's where I think the Vols could separate themselves down the stretch because those last five games they had, and I mentioned them earlier, Auburn, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, um, those are all potentially huge games for the Vols, and certainly you don't expect them to go 5-0 and there, but uh, I would not be surprised if Tennessee, let's say they win their next two games. Let's say they beat South Carolina on Saturday. They come back and beat Vanderbilt at home on Tuesday. And the Vols are at 16-10 and at that point. Um, you know, they're sitting there at eight and five in the SEC. 
then you've got those final five games in the regular season that they could play their way back into the mix without question. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. And, you know, like we've said all year, the SEC has just been so exciting, so entertaining. Uh, but we're talking about that spectrum for where there could just be three teams in or we could potentially be looking at six teams getting in. And the fun is we don't know which way it's going to turn out. And the thing is, is there's more than just a couple teams that are fighting for those final couple bids right now because you could see some of these teams making runs, like we said, uh, like in Alabama, Tennessee, a South Carolina, uh, that could join Florida, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Uh, so that's going to make it a lot of fun the rest of the way, and I really do think uh, that it's going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds uh, in the SEC the rest of the way and how many teams uh, do wind up making it to the NCAA tournament. So uh, that'll wrap up uh, today's episode of the Locked On SEC podcast. I uh, really appreciate you guys, all the all the great support uh, thus far. You know, when we made the announcement on Twitter, uh, you guys are really excited. As I said, I'm really excited to get this going. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it, and uh, this gives you a little bit of idea of what you can expect here the rest of the way as we make our march towards uh, March Madness. And, of course, we'll have a lot more stuff as we get ready for baseball season, uh, spring football, all of that good stuff here on the Locked On SEC podcast. So be sure to subscribe. Any podcast app that you use, just search for Locked On SEC. You'll be able to find it there. Uh, find me on Twitter at the Blake Level, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time here on the Locked On SEC podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.